David, do you know what pisses me off? Many things, but what is it this time? I mean, this has become my weekly therapy session. I've I've laid down at my desk and I'm I'm just telling you what my problems are. Today tell, tell me your problems, child. I just I, I want to know how dumb Nintendo thinks we are. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm about to bitch about Sony this week too, but <laughs> How can they keep releasing games that came out for the Wii or the Wii U onto the Switch, throw the name Deluxe on it, and just expect you to buy it for the same price you paid for the original one? Well, it is Nintendo, and uh, after all, Nintendo thinks we're pretty dumb. They, they must, because they just slapped a sticker that said Deluxe on Pikmin 3 today. They dropped the trailer for it, and I was just like... I was excited originally because you were like Pikmin 3 and then I, I kind of forgot that Pikmin 3 already existed and nobody played it because it was on the Wii U. But let's get on with the show. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the Scene On Screen Podcast. Of course, you got myself, Sean, and you've got David, Yo. the People's Champion's Choice. He is he both did. of them today. You have never got that right. It's the People's Choice. Champion. But I am the champion, so. We, That's why wait. I'm saying I'm, I'm calling it both. Well, we haven't, really had a, ex- we haven't really had a contest to name me the champion, but I am the People's Choice. All right. You, me, the, the, sting, the <laughs> ring of sting. Let's go. How are you, buddy? Not too bad. It's been a pretty uh, eventful week on the home front. Same here. Same here. Uh, not to go with too many semantics, but uh, it's the first time since the like in a long time that I have not played a single game since we recorded. Well, you keep Isn't playing games with my heart. Yes, but you should have known from the start that that's what I was going to do. Yeah, I don't know the rest of the song. That's okay. Um, yeah, I haven't really played much of anything in the last little... Oh, you know what I found out today? Or the, yesterday? Okay. So I bought this game called Greedfall on uh, PlayStation. It was made by, I don't know, some dev company like called like Spider Games or whatever. They made the Technomancer a few years ago. Okay. Um, so Greedfall kind of takes place in a... It's a universe that's like pirates, like old school, like ships kind of. Um, what is that even? What time of what time of year is that? So pirate style? Well, yeah. What era is that? I don't know. Is there really a pirate era? Like old England kind of thing. Like horse drawn carriage. In like Western like European, it's like Europe, but then it, they go on this um, ship to like the new land, and there's like natives and stuff like that. There, it's more, it's like an action RPG, kind of like in the sense of traditional Mass Effect, mm-hmm. right? Dragon Age, um, but it's got like magic and shit in there. Anyways, it looks like a pretty cool game, so it was on sale for like twenty three bucks. I was like, hey, why not? So I bought it. Turns out that um, it was on PlayStation Now. And I was really pissed. 
because I subscribe to PlayStation now and I always forget to check it before I buy a game <laughs> because so funny. half the time is on there. So here's what I did. Uh, I went to Sony support and you know how like Sony and Nintendo and Microsoft have awful, terrible uh, return policies for games, right? Especially digital. Yeah, digital. So Sony's is you could they they can give you a refund on a digital purchase, but if it's a game, the moment you download it to your console, um, it's non-refundable. So here's the problem with that: when you buy a game on the console, it automatically starts downloading it. So you would essentially have to buy the game or something on your PC and not have it auto-download or not send it to the system to download. So, anyways, so uh, I was like, okay, let's see if I can circumvent this. So I went through the the chat support. And you, there's like this chat bot. And you say, okay, well, I need a refund. And it asks you a bunch of questions like, what's the reasoning for it? And I said, unauthorized charge. And I'm like, ooh, I could uh, pretend that my cousin was over and bought something on my console. Um, and then it asks you a few other questions like how many days it's been. Because I think you have like two weeks to dispute a charge or whatever it may be. Um, and yeah, so I talked to someone and I told them, I was like, oh, my cousin was over and they, uh, they bought this game on my console. I didn't realize that. Uh, I just wondering if I could get a refund or even store credit or something. And, but, um, they didn't do it, but a ching. No, they actually did. No way. Pretty, pretty surprising. So I was expecting them to just give me a, uh, a credit back to my account. Right. Cause a lot of times that's, that's what they'll do. Uh, no, but they they issued a full on refund to my my method of payment, uh, and it's funny because they said they said because the game was downloaded and like played, it technically doesn't um, work for the or doesn't uh, qualify for a refund. But then they did the as a one time exception. Well, I will make the re- process the refund for you. So yeah, I got that. So I'm just gonna. I haven't actually turned my PlayStation on yet to see if the game's locked or whatnot. But then my only concern is that if they've removed the license from my system, is that going to mess up me downloading it through PlayStation now? Oh, that's Who knows? But I uh, checked the game and there's currently no like countdown timer on it. Cause some of the PlayStation now games, if they are uh, like temporary kind of, you know how like um, Xbox uh, game pass yeah. uh, they, they rotate the games every so often. Um, I don't know if they've updated it since to show how many days left on there, but I know that PlayStation now, some of the games, so like Metro Exodus, for example, is on PlayStation now and it has a, a time limit. So there's like 123 days left on it or something like that. So it's like some of these games, you can see how long you have to play it. Um, and there wasn't anything for Greedfall. So I'm like, Oh, if I can get the, you know, it was 23 bucks. Like it wasn't that big of a deal if they weren't going to give me the refund. Right. I, I was playing yeah. the game. I'll, I'll, I'm enjoying it. Um, but you know, it's kind of a kick in the, the balls when you, you buy a game and it goes on PlayStation plus it becomes one of the free games or you see that it's like on sale, like for even, even more discount. That's pretty funny. I can, yeah. uh, I can tell you the two other companies that are very tough to deal with are Apple and Google with phone purchases because nine times out of 10, you know what you're doing. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about a pass and a fail. So I got really drunk with some friends 
and I was at their apartment and we were just chilling and I used to be addicted to the Simpsons game. And I was like, I'm going to buy some donuts. I want to, I want to get some stuff done. I spent a hundred dollars in the app store by accident. Like I was fucking hammered. And I did the whole Apple support thing and made an Apple ticket. And then somebody called me and they're like, can you explain to me what happened, sir? I was like, yeah, honestly, I was trying to buy 20 donuts and I bought $99 worth of donuts. <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> he was like talking to me on the phone. He's like, sir, you would not believe how many times I hear this. I was like, I will give the donuts back. I don't want the donuts. <laughs> I just was trying to get like, I was trying to get a character or something. And I was really into the game. And he was just like, here's what I'm going to do. He refunded me the whole thing. Then he charged me 20 bucks. But he let me keep all the donuts. I don't know if he made nice. a mistake to let me keep all the donuts. But I had like $100 worth of donuts, which was a lot of donuts. Um, on the flip side, last year, I went on a cottage trip with some friends. And my buddy and I like to fish. So I download this fishing app and you have to subscribe to a 30 day trial for free before it charges your card. Right. And I used to be a very big proponent and user of the, the Google surveys where you fill out the surveys while you're at a mall or Dude, something. I have $56 in. Well, let Google me tell you something credit. about this money. Okay. Let me tell you about this money Cheech. So you can't use it for uh, subscription based services. Do you know how I learned this? Because I had an account worth, I want to say, $38 at the time. And this was a $15 app. And they charged me for it. And I fought. And I fought. I was like, I'm not going to use this app. It doesn't work. And they're like, nope, sorry. They could not. Like, I called the Google helpline, which is nothing like the movie. Suggests that it is. Um, <laughs> the internship. I they're, they're rooted dicks. Not only that, like, I went through like hell trying to get $15 back because I was like, I'm not using the app. I used it for like 20 minutes. Yeah. We realized that this was like, like, yeah, it showed the lake, the lake, but everybody was just showing pictures of bass. Nobody was actually fishing this lake. So you couldn't tell. So needless to say, I was super pissed off, but the guy on the phone was like, yeah, so you can really only use it for like in app purchases but not subscriptions. So what I figured out early on is I just charged my first two season passes for call of duty to it. <laughs> nice. Because I had, I had enough room in my Google account that I was able to do it. And I just charged it to the, the Activision app and then loaded it to my Activision account. And that's Wait, all you I can do that. Uh, they can't, you can't anymore because uh... I tried to do it again and it stopped, but I did that like season. I want to say season two or season three. I did that. Cause I bought the seasons pass and then I just like, I bought it through the Activision portal using my Google wallet. And since I, then I haven't been able to do it since. That's so like, great. Yeah, I know I bought, I have no use for them, but I was doing like dollar movie rentals and just throwing them to the Chromecast. Yeah. I, I would do that when they have the 99 cent rentals. Uh, fun fact, the next survey that I do will be my 500th survey. And oh, you get a bonus on that, don't you? I don't know. I'll let you know. Uh, and the total earned that I have earned just from the Google rewards is 100 and oh, it just went off. Uh, $116.49. Hey, what have you spent it on? I I bought a just few movies. random I've bought a few random games. I have $53.66 in my play balance right now. 
uh, 15 cents expires on September 25th. <laughs> for all you people well, that care. Um, deal, I, I because you, uh, you, you've been holding on to the, the funding for too long. It expires a year after you earn it. But the thing is, is it, it takes the, or it uses the oldest credit first when you make a purchase or something. So it, you know, that, that 15 cents, like I could buy something and then the next one's going to be, you know, in maybe end of September or something like that. Uh, yeah, but mostly I, I bought like games when they go on sale like digital board games or um, some apps. Uh, probably the, the best app that I've purchased recently is uh, it is called for all you f- people out there that uh, do 3d printing. It's called printoid and it connects with uh, Octoprint, which is um, like another, like a print server that you run on a raspberry Pi and connects directly to your printer. Uh, and so this allows me to control and monitor my 3d printer from my phone. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I can start prints. I can make adjustments. I can even, uh, I don't have a camera hooked up to it right now, but, um, when, when I get my next printer, I'm going to be installing one. I have one, but, um, you can set up a camera and so like you can set it up so that it's a remote as well. So if, you know, say we're on a boys road trip, buying some video games. Um, I could be printing something for, you know, doing a long 24 hour print or something, load up my phone and check on it from remote. Cool. Yeah. And if it, if it's messing up, if my printer's on fire, or whatever, I can stop it, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> liar, liar, printer on fire. Yeah. yeah. That cost me like two bucks. No, it was, oh, like, it's five, not bad. It was like, no, it was like $5. I think, I think the most I've ever spent on an app was like, nine dollars i remember when i had uh i had a, it was a demo phone that i had through work but i had the uh, the motorola z2 play and it came with the projector and i was so desperate to see an episode of the walking dead because um we just we didn't have amc and i wasn't able to get a stream it was like a finale and i needed to know something so I purchased the, like the rental for an episode was like $3 on Google, but I like did it mainly because it was like a projector up on the ceiling. And I thought that was pretty cool. But like, then I got kind of out of control because we had this projector, right? For a few months. And it was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, you want to watch a movie projector? You want to do this projector, like $3 at a time. And I've done like 50 surveys to get $3. Because that's just the way it works sometimes. Like, yeah, sometimes <laughs> nothing survey is like 10 cents. Nothing's worse than so. Where I work in the location of the mall that I'm in, I get the same like five surveys all the time. And sometimes it pays out like 45 cents, and other times it's like, here's three cents. Mm-hmm. You're like, cool. No, I, I, ne- I like, I even tried to like lie in the surveys to see if it like paid out differently. Like, oh no, I used cash. No, but here's the credit card. Oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, if you, if you get a survey that asks you, like, have you been to any of these, these locations and you actually haven't been, if you keep filling them out and like line, um, they actually keep track of that and you'll, you'll slowly get less and less surveys. Yeah. So like, I mean, the good thing about working in a mall is you're around all those establishments. Yeah. They're not checking your debit records. You don't, you never I know. Bet. Hell yeah. I was in Foot Locker. And by that, I mean, I walked by it yesterday. Yeah. Nine times. And I used, I used my debit card, but, um, go, going back to other things we can spend our money on that isn't driven from Google. 
Nintendo's dropped two trailers in the last two days. We talked a little bit about it at the beginning. Yeah, um, Sean's it, angry. I, I'm just, I'm not angry. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sad because this year to me just seems like I don't want Nintendo to be like COVID is the reason we are not releasing anything. But if ever there were to be a year where they would lean on a global pandemic to not produce content at the rate they're typically capable of, this is the perfect situation for them. We're getting a port of a Wii U game in Pikmin 3 deluxe, uh, which honestly did look pretty good in the trailer. It does look a lot cleaner. Um, It's very fresh looking. And then I don't know if you, sorry, go ahead. So I know that, you know, some people, stupid Google. (laughs) My my (laughs) Google home keeps going off. Um, I know that some people are angry or upset that, you know, they're just rehashing a game that was on the Nintendo on the Wii U. But think about it. There's a lot of people that didn't, the Wii U was like, it tanked. There's a lot of people that didn't have it. So, Sure, they're redoing or remaking or I guess re-releasing a game that came out. What was it like five years ago? If not, mo- no more than five years ago. Yeah, right? probably like, a while ago. Right, but there's a lot of people that never got a chance to play it. Um, and there, these are some of the new things that they're they've added. They've inc- added a new side story mission featuring uh, Almar and Louis. So you get to learn what happened before and after the main story. Uh, the complete story mode is co-opable. So you can play the whole game with uh, a friend. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. I'm not buying it. They added all the <laughs> DLC stages from the original game. Uh, whatever this is, head-to-head bingo battles with online leaderboards for mission mode. New Piccolopedia. Piccolopedia. Piccolopedia features contains information on creatures you encountered in your adventures, in-game badges, um, after meeting. Ooh, this is an interesting one. In-game badges obtained after meeting certain criteria. So that's like in-game achievements. And now, now I know other games have done it, right? Like third-party games. But I think, is this like one of the first Nintendo games that actually have uh, achievement an achievement-type system? I know... Now, I know, what was it, Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U had stickers that you could collect, but I think you had, didn't you have to collect those. You had to collect those through the worlds, right? Yeah, Mario Kart 8 did as well. I can't remember if Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has it, but I know Mario Kart 8 does have it so for the Wii U. This would be interesting because I know like a lot of people have kind of been hoping for uh, Nintendo to add some sort of achievement system to their system, which I think, okay, so I know there's people that are like, oh, achievements don't make the game good, but it also it is a way to kind of track your progress through a game, and especially when you accomplish something, like when you, you know, finally beat that tough boss or you collect all the collectibles and stuff like that. It's just something to kind of like show off, and like there's a whole subreddit for like PlayStation trophies. Right, where yeah, people just show so, off their trophies, but um, this that could be an interesting if if Nintendo is um, going to start adding some sort of. And I always thought that badges would be um, a cool name for Nintendo achievements, right? You know, Nintendo's going to do stickers though. But like, just to go on to that before you continue, 
the the idea of an achievement to me, like I used to be an achievement hunter. Like when I had my 360 and we were in college and all we did was go to school, play video games, go to school, play video games and party, right? Achievement hunting and like being the first or like getting the achievement where you like got the guy who yelled bonsai before he got you and all that kind of stuff in Call of Duty. That was fun, like searching that stuff out. But have you looked at some of the games now that we're playing on both PlayStation and Xbox and mm-hmm. the requirements to get some of these achievements are fucking oh, yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. Like and uh, how Microsoft has the audacity to turn around and be like, only 0.8% of gamers have achieved this achievement. Fuck you. Now I want to try and beat it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like uh, what what uh, Microsoft does or what Xbox does is that they if there's a certain percentage, like if it's under, I think, 10% um, of people that have it, it is a rare achievement. So when you unlock it, you get this like cool little diamond thing that shows up. It has a different unlock sound. So it's kind of cool when you do that. Uh, I'm just pr- looking up your... Uh, well, you only My have 21,116. Th- 21, yeah, 21, you, you noob. Is that, yeah, like I don't play for a gamer score anymore at all. I have, I have 10,000, roughly 10,000 more gamer score than you because I'm, I, I'm a true gamer. Yeah, but look at a lot of the games that I'm playing. Where am I getting the gamer points? Call of Duty. Um, oh, and Matt. Yeah, but you're not, get, you're not getting them in Warzone. And you have to play the story modes for in like Call of Duty and Battlefield to get the achievements. Yeah. So like and like the NHL as an example, or if you see some of the achievements I just got in Madden, like you have to do the story mode in order to get the achievements, or you have to play deep into career modes in order to get them. Like throw fifty thousand yards in your career as an achievement. And I'm pretty sure it's like fourteen percent of gamers have it because they're playing. Like you can't sim for those stats. You have to play those stats. Like that's tough. Yeah. So like I get it and I, I, I understand what you're saying, but it's just like achievements used to be something that I really enjoyed about a game. I do appreciate how Game Pass has achievements now that can give you points that are currency for contests. Yeah. So you they have like the Game Pass um, or like Xbox rewards. And so like game pass achievements essentially it's like oh play three game pass games or unlock an achievement in the game that is on game pass kind of stuff like that and then you can save up points and buy shit if you want or enter yeah. contests but I back to kind all of the surface contests that existed when they yeah were. and i bet you didn't win a thing right did not because contests are rigged yeah um but kind of back to uh the whole updating on pikmin uh They've added new targeting system, which will be interesting because uh, I know that the targeting system with the old school Pikmin games were kind of meh. Um, new difficulty modes and optional hint system for all the noobs out there. Um, so, like, they've updated the game. I was, I would say, is are these updates worth the full price price point? Not exactly. Maybe the DLC because that was paid DLC, right? Um, and they added uh, new s- side story missions. Um, I believe all the DLC is being included, though. That's what I it is, heard right? But like originally, it was a paid DLC, right? So if you had bought the game originally when it came out, there's a you know sixty dollars US or eighty bucks Canadian. Um, 
and then the DLC was probably like another like thirteen bucks. Mm-hmm. So you're you're getting you're get and that doesn't make the game just because the game came out on the Wii U and they're re-releasing it doesn't mean that it is worth less now. Um, Donkey Kong is a prime example. Mario Kart is a prime example. Those games were both Wii U games and they released them on the uh, Nintendo Switch and they were great sellers, right? Oh, yeah. The the first game that I think... So I didn't buy my Switch. Chris had bought the Switch for me. And the game that came with it, I believe, was... I think it was the Mario Kart Deluxe bundle and then she bought Mario Party and Smash Brothers. Those were like the day one purchases. I believe. So yeah, like all. Yeah, I, I think I paid for one of them though. Like I think we got Mario Party or no Mario Kart and she really wanted Mario Party but she couldn't buy it. So or like she couldn't get it where she bought the Switch, which was fine. Right. And I really wanted Smash Brothers because I ordered uh me being smart I pre-ordered the uh, the controller, the original Smash controllers, and the um, I had the GameCube adapter for the Wii U, just sealed. I forgot I bought it, but I bought it randomly one day because the guy at EB was just like, "Yo, these things are super rare. Do you want it?" And this is when I had like when I was living in Guelph and I was friends with the EB guy. So yeah, sure. How much? He's like nine ninety nine. I'm like okay, and then I forgot about it for years. And I just, I randomly found it. I was like, oh, shit, I could use this. That's kind of cool. So that's Pikmin 3. <laughs> uh, so you're not going to get it. but uh, um, Probably not. I don't, I think I only played Pikmin 1. I honestly don't remember even playing Pikmin 2. So the Pikmin games are a lot of fun. So I, I kind of wish that they would release a Pikmin 2 and 1 and 2 collection. Because um, there's a lot of people that, never even got to play those like Pikmin one and two both came out on the GameCube. Right. But David, that would require Nintendo to do something. But Nintendo does do things. You just don't like what they do all the time. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, Um, I am confident in the new trailer they have for Scully. Did you watch it today? uh, No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. um, I I dropped the link in our, our, our doc. If you want to skip through it. But uh, it looks pretty cool. You're just like this skull. That's all you are. And you roll around the map and you you can jump and you can move around, but you can take over. It's kind of the same principle as like the hat in Mario Odyssey. But you can take over um, these like, they look like rock people kind of thing. Oh, yeah. There's That's not a cool. whole lot to it, but it looks really cool. It looks fun. It looks whimsical. Um of course, it's rated E for everybody, but how cool do the graphics look? Like, it looks like a really clean game. I understand yeah, it's, that it's all rendered. Yeah, and it, it is it is multi-platformer as well. Yeah. It's a platformer that kind of reminds me of, um, like, cell phone games, but you can take over these, like, weird rock humans. Yeah. And they look like poo. Like, I, <laughs> like poops. Not like, they don't look like shit. Like, it looks, the they game look looks like cool. Jerks. But uh, yeah, no, it's interesting looking game. When does that come out? When does this come out? I don't know. Does uh, I don't think there's a date on the end of it. Um, Pikmin, though, um, just to go back to that for a second now that I think about it, I think like there is a rumored 
uh, Nintendo Direct coming out within the next two weeks. It's all but confirmed. We know the that it's going to drop before the 22nd. The interesting part of this to me is, okay, so Pikmin is a first-party title. It's one of your bigger titles from the past, especially on the GameCube. What could you possibly announce in a Nintendo Direct right now? Because the way I look at it, a few factors are here at play. If they were going to announce something first party or like a few games first party. Right. You would have held on to Pikmin for a week because you'd be like, okay, let's just toss this in there. If you're going to do something third party, you wouldn't like, okay, leave it or leading with Pikmin now is perfectly fine. But what are you possibly going to show off? There's, there's not a whole lot. If you were also going to do something first party, you'd assume that you're going to get more information on the the Mario collection that will be dropping. Maybe we'll see another Mario sports game or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside of the box. So here's the but thing. We though, already Nintendo, know the though. roadmap. But we know yeah, the roadmap. But we know the roadmap, but it's Nintendo as well. Nintendo is always from from day one, right? They've always been very secretive and... I would say majority of the time when they have a Nintendo Direct, even like when they were going to E3 regularly and doing their presentations there, there was always, they always have something that comes out of left field that no one would have thought of. Or like Mario like Rabbids was really different. Yeah, or just kind of something that, you know, people want, but it was just a pipe dream, you know, like no one like, Oh yeah. Nintendo's never going to do that. And then, Oh shit. Nintendo is releasing Metroid for metroid one two and three collection don't metroid, don't think that's happening metroid prime collection in anticipation of metroid prime four please please nintendo but no that's the thing like i'm pretty sure if if they are going to announce something new it's going to be something that you wouldn't even think of right kind of completely out of out of left field like i said um, or what they're going to do is they're just going to take this to kind of show off more about upcoming games. I could see it them because they did a, a launch trailer or a reveal trailer for Pikmin three. Um, I could see them kind of diving a little further into that to show off some more stuff. Um, I could see them kind of diving into a little bit of maybe like a mini update or something like that for uh, animal crossing. And like, remember, there was, I, I would say it was almost every single Nintendo Direct for the longest time had a big chunk of Super Smash Bros. content, right? Okay. So like E3 or whatever, last, E3 last year was, it was like, okay, we have a 45 minute show and 20 minutes is going to be, you know, new content and stuff like that. And then 25 minutes, Smash Bros., Y'all can turn it off if you don't give a shit about this game. All right. I don't know. I guess my final argument to this would be from everything we know from Nintendo this year, right? We know that they still haven't given us a price point or a release date for this Mario collection. I'm anticipating it to be one of the more expensive games we ever see on the Switch because it's going to have multiple games on the, the cartridge or it's going to be multi-cartridge. Mm-hmm. But that, that okay, that's fine. 
What else do we for sure know Nintendo is doing this year? Absolutely, positively, for sure doing. They're going to give us information about Pokemon Snap. They have to give us a release date or something. Everything was pre-rendered and that looked great, but we have no idea. Nintendo also has another DLC that they have to pimp out for Sword and Shield. So we know we might see something like that. Those are their two biggest properties right there. Mario and Pokemon. I think that's pretty undisputable. Those are Nintendo's biggest properties. Yeah. And you know both of those things we're going to see more information on. So why have a mini direct? Or if it was going to be Pokemon centric, why wouldn't you have a Pokemon direct or a Pokemon presents or a Pokemon playhouse or whatever the hell they're naming them now? Uh, I believe just, they're, I don't know what they are. I think they're called Pokemon presents now. But when I, when I look at the way this is being constructed and the, the people who have been leaking all of the information about these Nintendo directs. Cool. Great. These guys are never wrong. They know they're coming. They don't know what's on them, but they, they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a Metroid coming out. I don't see a third Yoshi game coming out. I mean, that would kind of fit Nintendo's we're just winging it formula this year. I don't see a Kirby game coming out, although that would be kind of nice for a Switch. Well, there was Kirby already on Switch. That, uh, but a new Kirby. Like like a Kirby adventure game. Yeah. Well, no, there was, was one. Um, it was Kirby Star something or other. Star Force. Yes, you're right, which is the um, the it Smash Brothers, but it's all Kirby. Super easy. Do you remember what that Pokemon game was called? That um, is kind of like League of Legends. Uh, I just I was wondering uh, when that um, game actually drops because uh, it's it's not called it's not called Pokemon League of Legends. Oh, Pokemon Unite! Because that's going to be on Switch and your cell phone and mobile. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. To me, I think Nintendo is taking this year. Like, maybe they got really lucky and the global pandemic kind of helped them out a little because they knew they were going to take the year off. But this is a bad time to have a a soft... Like, Animal Crossing did you wonderful things. You delayed it, but it did wonderful, wonderful things. We have no idea when this Mario game is coming out or what it's going to entail, like what titles are going to be inside it. Maybe they're going to drop the 64. Maybe they're going to tell us a little bit more about what's going on with the virtual console. But in order to have a Nintendo Direct late in the year, you have to have something. And there's just no indications out there that anything really big is coming. Yeah, well, you, you did just mention, you know, the N64 stuff. That is a very viable option. There's been a lot of rumors going around of, um, you know, source code has been leaked of kind of updated or source code has been found with mentioning uh, or sorry, mentions of N64 games and stuff like that. So um, but that's all source code for the switch. It's not individualized. Right. But that's the thing. So it could very well be an, uh, something that they announce in the direct, uh, the p- possibility of um, N64 coming to a virtual console, right? Um, my only concern with them adding 
potentially like, you know, Game Boy Advance or Game Boy N64, potentially GameCube, which would be a godsend. But all those games to the Nintendo Switch is that we were getting pretty regularly new NES games, right? On the Nintendo Switch Online thing. Uh, once they released the Super Nintendo, well, then now the number of games that we got were split in half. Uh, we were still getting them fairly regularly, but then they switched. Then they changed it up. When was so the last games that came out were like Donkey Kong and something or other. And Donkey Kong was such a huge drop, man. Oh man, that's huge, right? But then before that, there hadn't been anything for a few months. So there, there's less and less games coming to these services. Which means that it's like, okay, well, cool. If if you want to play these games, you know, take what's on there. Take that list of games, and that's pretty much what you get. Um, it's not like they're adding new games every month, like PlayStation Now or Game Pass, right? In order to make the, the value worth it for those things, they need to add games regularly. So... If they add another virtual console system on there, even if it's Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, right? Then with how Nintendo's been doing it with the NES and SNES, you know, we're going to now get one game on the NES, one game on the SNES, and one game on the Game Boy, right? And it's going to be fucking Steel Diver. <laughs> yeah, eventually- yeah and, and it's going to be going to be stuff that people are like, okay, you know, there's like six people that play this game, but Nintendo's like, oh, huge seller. Everyone wants it, right? So that's my only concern with Nintendo and potentially adding more virtual console type stuff to the system is that they still don't understand the concept of, you know, giving people regular content, especially for people who are paying for the online service. If if I didn't need it to play, you know, Tetris 99 and Animal Crossing online and, you know, Mario Maker 2 levels. Yeah. Uh, I probably wouldn't subscribe to it because right now the the uh, the other extras for it, you know, the S- Super Nintendo library and the NES, SNE, the NES library, it's not expanding enough to really keep it as a viable option. Like I played the games that I wanted to play. Yeah, no, I get it. And like even I, I just thought of this while we were talking, you know, what other game dropped? Like, is Nintendo's strategy now just we're going to show you a trailer for something and in a month and a half, you're just going to get it? I mean, that's a cool strategy, but Paper Mario, you and I just didn't, like, we just forgot about it completely. It's not something that's just on the top of our heads. Paper Mario just kind of came. And, like, yes, it's a perennial. I wouldn't say it's a perennial game, but it's, like, semi-annual because it comes out every, like, console. Yeah, I guess it would be an annual game. It comes out, like, once every, well, not annual, but it comes out every console life. I would so that would be, be pretty on that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get another Paper Mario game on the Switch Switch life span. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if it's a, a DLC to this one. That's you true. Me Queen. Maybe. Or Paper Mario Deluxe Sticker Stars. Man, I don't know. I'm just going to say that your little slurpy sip there, that was like that was some ASMR shit going on right there. Can you do that again? I, I, I know. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let's see if I can do it again. Can't can't copy. I apologize, guys. (laughs) The the room is very dry. I usually mute when I take a drink. I am sorry. Don't no no. Don't need to apologize. I'm I'm starting to feel things. So 
Let's just yeah, keep, and keep you're, going. You're starting to feel a little warm and a little upset with Nintendo, kind of, right? Yeah. Do you want to be upset with another company? Who? Tell me who I'm going to be upset with. Sony. Ah. <laughs> Sony. So, what, what did Sony do today? Oh, wait. They, they made yeah, they made news twice this week, guys. Twice. First, and like I can't believe I'm saying this. The PS4 controller will work with the PS5, but not with PS5 games. So they're saying if you want to continue to play your PS4 games that are backwards compatible, you can use a PS4 controller. But noise. The controllers are somewhat similar. But you can't use your PS4 controller even if you wanted to use it as like a second player game for like let's say Madden 21. Not because nice. Madden 21 is considered a next gen title if you get it on the PS5. So now you have to buy two of these rather expensive PS5 controllers. Brutal. Right? Well, okay, so I, they did the same thing though with the PlayStation 4 and the PS3, like you can use the PS4 controllers on the PS3, but it has to be connected via USB, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't. You can't use the PS3 controller on the PS4, which is understandable because it's missing the whole touchscreen and buttons are different. But there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse for for Sony to not allow um, the PS4 controller to be used with PlayStation Five games. Um, sure, some games are going to take advantage of the extra rumble features. Um, some games are going to take advantage of the extra rumble features. I don't really know what else is on the controller. But, uh, you know, what, is, what does that mean for third-party controllers as well, right? They're not going to have all of the same, you know, haptic feedback put into the controller as the Sony official ones. Can you imagine if Sony were to make it so that there would be no third-party controllers? Like, I'm surprised that Nintendo um, has allowed third-party Joy-Cons to be made. Now, they don't slide into the con- console. Um, they can only be used remotely or, like, uh, wirelessly. That still works, though. For Like, if you're having some people over some, for some Mario Party fun, hell yeah. And they and are. a fraction of the cost, right? Yeah, like the one. Well, I uh, I've seen a, a set of two for I think it was like thirty five bucks, and they are ugly as fuck. They're like the Mad Cat's controller with like thirteen extra buttons, you know, from like the N sixty four era. Yeah, your friend okay. would come Don't over and you're like, Mad Cats. And you they have the that one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but like, they're ugly, right? But you know, if you need extra controllers to play four player Mario Party then you know what, by all means, buy that extra set of third-party Joy-Cons because it works. But if Sony is not allowing even their own first-party controllers to work with next-gen games on the PlayStation 5, what does that mean for third-party? Are are they going to be able to make them, but they have to license like and include all of the exact same features? Right? Just to, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just going to increase the price of the third party controllers. Uh, it's I don't know. That was that was straw number one this week because people are just really upset. They're like, okay, so like nobody knows even the price of what a single controller is going to be. I'm guessing these controllers are going to be ninety nine ninety nine. 
or maybe eighty nine ninety nine. We might get lucky. Well, if if Sony takes a page out of anyone else's book, Nintendo has successfully been selling the Pro controller for no the Pro controller for ninety bucks. It's not how much I paid. <laughs> yeah. I paid a lot. Um, do you want number two on things that uh, upset Sony fans this week? Or no, it uh, upset and alienated everybody but Sony fans this week. I should pardon pardon my French. Everybody but Sony fans is really mad at this news. You ready for it? Well, hold on. I, I know some Sony fans that are mad at it too. Can't Can't say everyone but Sony fans. There are some good people out there. That I, I, I'm just saying, okay, like the Sony diehards. I would say there's a lot of people upset about this news. I was upset. I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm very upset. I'm annoyed. And and the thing is, is I have both systems, and I plan on having both. You know, Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five. What's the news, right. John? Lay it on them so, softly. I think we need that sad music for this one. We got that. Uh, do I still do I still have it, or did I kill it? Can you put it on there? Um, yeah, I got it. Dearly beloved. Oh, we're doing this again. Okay. <laughs> so Sony and their infinite wisdom, the same people that tried to kill off the making of Spider-Man 3 with Tom Holland and Marvel and almost removed Tom Holland's Spider-Man from the cinematic universe, which we all know and love. Tom Holland, that wonderful spoiler-filled oaf. Tom Holland, the guy who is this generation's Spider-Man. Just get on with it. Sony has now been like, fuck you, Microsoft. We're putting Spider-Man into the Avengers game, but it's console exclusive. And I've got to say, that was a devastating blow. Spider-Man was my favorite favorite cartoon like superhero character when I was growing up and the Avengers game is finally coming out and you get to play as Thor you get to play as Hulk you get to play as Ms. Marvel to play as Natasha you get to play even maybe as Hawkeye I can't remember you get to be Iron Man you get to be Captain America but you might you Xbox users aren't going to be able to play as Spider-Man suckers a devastating, <laughs> devastating blow. Yeah, that was right. pretty rough from uh, from Sony. And so the funny thing is, is that soon, what with the release of Avengers, um, the only system that will not have, or the, the only current gen system that will not have Spider Man in one of their games, is um, Xbox. Spider Man is even in Marvel Ultimate Alliance on the Nintendo Switch. That's that's so crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so I was reading the um, I was reading the Sony blog announcement, and they're like, "It's a great time to be a Sony fan or a Spider Man fan." And people, and it's funny because like the people that comment on the actual Sony blog are the diehard fans. They're like, "Yeah, fuck Xbox players. <laughs> they don't get Spider Man." Um, and stuff like that. But then anyone that's like, well, no, this is, this is awful. Like the, you know, 
crippling game content just for another just because it's another console like just because sony owns the rights to spider-man doesn't mean that they should be getting exclusive rights to a character in a game you know Mm -hmm. now like if it is a just a playable character there's no story connection he doesn't have any extra missions sure you know what okay fine maybe that's moderately okay but guaranteed sony's gonna you know it's a square enix game first and foremost right so sony guaranteed has put money into them being like okay you know you you got this spider-man is going to be playstation exclusive let's get a few playstation exclusive missions hey 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 suckers on all the other systems it's it's not a good business practice the whole console wars thing that i think that ended like back with the gamecube and the ps2 and the xbox one maybe maybe later on into the ps3 and the uh ps3 and the xbox 360 right do you feel in this day and age though i think most people sorry i think most people either have both consoles or they just don't really care and it's these diehards that you know troll on forums and stuff like that that are just like yeah fuck all the xbox players you know sony ftw the xbox looks like a a modem Right, and it's I just, actually it's, really I, like the look of it, but that's just me. Yeah, I lo- I like it. I think it looks pretty slick and clean, modern. But anyways, it that's doesn't not look like a crazy ass PlayStation Five. No, but no, this is bad news bears because if if Sony doesn't eventually release or allow for Spider Man to be a character playable character on the Xbox version, you know if they can get away with this, if there's not enough outcry from the general public, it's going to happen again. Right. Sure. Sony can have like their, their console exclusive Spider-Man games. Right. But when you have a game made by a third party company that is multi-platform, having console specific characters is just kind of stupid. And nowadays, right? Like now think if you think back to soul caliber two, remember that one? Yep. Each console Nintendo have Link. Yeah, each console had a character, a specific character for that system, right? So Nintendo, the GameCube had Link. Um, The PS2 had uh, the Tekken guy. I think it was something like that. Uh, And then the Xbox 360 had Spawn or whatever might be right. So like that was. It was the same game fundamentally, right? They just had, you know, special characters. But this is not, this isn't something that Spider-Man is so very much part of the Avengers as Black Widow is, right? And arguably, Black Widow is. Someone would say, argue, yeah, more. Well, like, yeah. Um, But I'm saying, like, Black Widow is a more useless character than (laughs) Spider-Man. That's my opinion. But still, it's like Spider-Man is a much more, I would say, iconic character. You could show someone uh, who doesn't really read or follow any of like the Marvel stuff, show them a picture of Spider-Man, show them a picture of Black Widow, guarantee that there's they would know who Spider-Man is before they knew who Black Widow was, right? I don't know. I, I would I would say you might be wrong solely because of how popularized. Scarlett Johansson made the character. I, I I'm going out on a limb here, but I, I 
I understand that Spider-Man is one of the most iconic, like he's right up there with Batman and Iron Man for like some of the most recognizable superheroes. Right. But I don't, I don't think it's fair to say that she's not as recognizable because I think Scarlet did a really good job building that character. And she is a very well-known character because of this cinematic universe. You'd like the argument I would give you are like, I'd agree with in the same state is, do you know who Ms. Marvel is? She's the other playable character in this, this game. It's not Captain Marvel. It's Ms. Marvel. Yeah. She's like a kid. And here's the thing is I only, uh, I only know who or found out who Ms. Marvel was because of um, Marvel ultimate Alliance. Yeah. So there, that would be probably a stronger argument for you being like if you like xbox users are gonna like sit down and play it and be like who the fuck's miss marvel i want to play with spider-man or like could you imagine if like xbox turned around and were like we got wolverine bitches he's not even an avenger but you could maybe add vision or something like if microsoft swung back and was like well we have a console exclusive character too maybe we got ant-man like deadpool or something also not an avenger but i like where you're going but deadpool it would be funny because like he doesn't give a shit. So <laughs> I've given, I've given you the layers of the cake and I've given you uh, some stuff like sprinkles and little confectionery. Yeah. Do you want the icing? Right the top? Yeah. Give me all that icing. You want, you want the icing that tops the, the, the Sony just terrible cake of PR this week. Yeah. Sony well, is running a state of play tomorrow a broadcast at one o'clock Pacific time or 3 p.m. Eastern time. So that would be 4 p.m. Eastern time. Sorry. My bad. Their state of play has been now confirmed to not have any big PS5 announcements. It's not going to have any information about the console unless they quickly do a 180. No price points, no release dates. Do you know what this state of play is going to be about? It's going to be a 40 minute. A 40-minute presentation on upcoming PS4 and PSVR titles. Well, that's not wonder, Yes, but that's also not great. You are. No, I know. I we would really say, have no idea how far away they are from the release. I would I'm say showing off, though, like VR games, that's kind of a big deal because that shows that Sony is supporting the PlayStation VR still. Yes, absolutely. That is fantastic. But again, we don't know if they're one month, three months, five months away from this console launch. We we assume that it is coming out before Christmas. This is a fair assumption based off industry. What we don't know is the when. Do we know if it's going to drop within the, the holiday window of the second last week in November and Christmas Day? No, I mean, we're looking at about a 90 or an 80% probability. Is it going to drop at the beginning of November? Again, we don't know. But don't you think they'd throw people a little bit of a bone? You know, Microsoft's next presentation, they're just going to be like, console's coming out November 19th. And that's it. And they're going to tell you the price and that's that. That's all we need, though. But you can't even go into a store and pre-order the console right now. Well, you can. Well, there are some stores out there that are allowing pre-orders 
but you're just holding a spot in line. You're not actually pre-ordering. Essentially, anything. yeah, yeah. Like so I want to make that sure I'm getting a day. Have. Yeah, like I want a day one, right? Yeah. Don't worry, I'll get you a day one. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But Sony actually had to come out and defend themselves this week because, like, they were taking a beating from the community. They're like, "Why aren't you showing us?" Like, so from everything we know, Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered is not going to be shown tomorrow. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which was rumored to be showed off tomorrow in the Sony presentation, will not be shown. As far as anybody can tell, Sony, EA, Activision, BioWare, Treyarch, and Raven Software have all said they are not participating. Crazy. So what are you showing off for 40 minutes? Like, this could all be just a huge ruse, but again... At the moment of publishing this article that I'm reading right now, it says no party implicated, including Sony, EA, Activision, Bioware, Treyarch, or Raven Software, will be producing anything for this presentation. I mean, I guess that's Sony Interactive, but yeah, still. I don't know. What do you think? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know about this one because people don't really. It's not that people don't care about the PlayStation 4, but at this time of year, this late into the year, um, all people, like you said, all people really want to know is a console release date and price, right? So kind of giving these little bits of info on, like they could they could do another state of play and talk about, you know, show off some more PlayStation 5 stuff that's in the works. Um but then touch on PlayStation VR stuff on the PS4, you know, be like the PlayStation four is still very much a viable gaming option for those of you who don't want to upgrade right away to the PlayStation five for you gamers out there. We have some upcoming and new exciting games for the PlayStation four, which also will be playable on the PlayStation five at launch. Okay. Ooh, fancy, right? Yeah. And then show off for those, PlayStation VR users, we haven't forgotten about you. Sony is committed to supporting and bringing new and exciting experiences to PlayStation VR on the PlayStation 4, full support on the PlayStation 5 moving forward. You just put your headset back on and pay attention to what we're going to be showing you next. Bam, more PSVR games all of which they could tie somehow into the PlayStation 5. But I think with Sony, what we haven't seen is any of that kind of um, assurance that the PlayStation 4 stuff that we want is going to be backwards compatible at launch or even within the first year on the PlayStation 5. You know, like props, props to Microsoft, though, right? Because they've said since day one, and they keep reiterating it, like this Xbox game, or Xbox One game will work on the Series X on day one, right? So they're making the cost of entry substantially lower for place for for Xbox gamers or people that are going to get the Series X because they know that people people know that their games that they have they'll be able to play on the Series X, whereas Sony hasn't said really anything about you know supporting the PlayStation Four games on the PS five. Can I make a very bold prediction? Uh, yes, you can. I'll allow it. I predict that the highest selling console for this holiday season will be 
the Sony PlayStation 4. What? Ooh, that's a bold move, Cotton. Here's why. Here is why. It's, I think one of two things is going to happen based off information that we know. I think the Xbox Series X is going to come in 50 to to $100 cheaper than the PlayStation 5. Book that. I'm calling that. Because I think Sony has put so much... I, I, I think they're putting so much more into their console with the the um, the SSD and how fast it's going to be able to launch games. That's all they care about. They're going to sell their console based on that and its futuristic design that looks like it was an alien's head or a robot's head that was chopped off. Mm-hmm. I think the Xbox, based off just technology alone, is going to be the more powerful system. But I also think Microsoft is using their brains here and they're making it more cost effective. You said it yourself. Like you're making it more valuable outside the gate by making every game that's been released available on the Xbox One or uh, Series X at launch. That's yeah. phenomenal. And their entire library that they just showed off for first party games is going to be available if you have Game Pass Ultimate. So why not also undercut Sony knowing that you're going to be able to sell more consoles because you have created a console that has been designed to still run games from both fir- from both first and third party developers mm-hmm. and indie developers but you'll have the ability to have a subscription service that is yours and is far superior. So that's prediction number 1. I think that the the PS5 is going to be more expensive than the Series X. And that's going to help drive sales of the PS4. The reason it's going to do that is because they're going to be like, we just went through an entire global pandemic and it's still not over. And I mean, for some countries out there like Lebanon and Beirut, that, that whole explosion yesterday, like the last thing people are caring about right now is buying a console. I'm sorry to say it. I love gaming. I in this industry for a reason. Mm-hmm. But but unless you've been saving up for a console, and I'm sure you've seen it in the business that you work in, and I know like because I'm talking to the guy at EB, he said people aren't asking near as much because it's going to be an affordability thing. Do you know what consoles are going to be super affordable this year at Christmas? It's not the Nintendo Switch because people are just buying that and selling it for way more than it's worth. Yeah. The Switch Lite is going to be very popular this Christmas. Incredibly popular for those people who who slept on Animal Crossing, Paper Mario, Pikmin 3 to some degree. The Mario Collection is going to sell that console on its own. Like the Switch sells itself. You have Pokemon. You have a bunch of stuff. That's fine. But the PS4 and the Xbox One X, even though they have now stopped production of the One X. Microsoft's going all in and that's fine. They know what they're doing. And I think it's very evident to the, I would say beyond average gamer that Microsoft is just putting all their eggs in one basket and they're going, we know you guys are going to buy this console. We're going to make it more affordable for you in the long run by giving you the opportunity to buy game pass and make it more affordable and fun for yourself. Cause I don't think they're going to dick around with the price. You mark my words. The PS4 is going to sell tons this year at that $300 price point. 
if that's not $600, it's going to be able to play every single game that we have seen in the last little bit because every game that we saw, even in the Sony presentations, like the ones that are optimized for PS5 aren't coming out until late 2021. You are going to sell a ton of PS4 consoles. I'm calling that right now. Wow. I think it's going to be... I, I think it's going to be Switch and PS4 because the Xbox is going to do its thing and it's going to sell quite a bit. And so is the PS5. But the two consoles that are going to lead the way this year at Christmas is going to be the more affordable PS4 and the Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. And I think with, uh, well, Microsoft has stopped production of the Xbox One X, right? So I think Microsoft is going to be, their sales are going to be split between the One S and the Series X. Um, which in the long run, I don't think that's really going to hurt them, right? Because they're, they're two different systems and they're targeting two very different types of gamers, right? Um, but with Sony, they seem to be wanting to get everyone to upgrade to their new system, but they can't just stop production of the PS4, right? They can slow it down though. And I, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. Not only with, um, due to, the whole uh, COVID pandemic going on. Um, but just in general, I think they are going to slow down the production of the uh, PS4. Maybe, maybe slow down the production of the PS4 pros um, and just maintain the PS4 slim. Um, but yeah, like there's, I, I think it's going to be more difficult to find PlayStation consoles in general. Um, if you have looked anywhere for, just do some random asking around at different stores for um, PS4 controllers. Even Xbox controllers. Even I tried Xbox to buy one the other day. Yeah, just like accessories are super hard to come by. And um, at, like at where I work, we place orders on a fairly regular basis, like almost every day for uh, PS4 controllers. And we just aren't, we just aren't at the same uh, like we're not fast enough as, as other stores, right? Like it's the first come first serve kind of dealio with that stuff. We got one PS4 controller in, in the last three weeks. And someone was just lucky enough to come in and we had it when they were looking for it. But so I think it's, it's started already a uh, shortage on um, accessories and stuff like that. For the longest time, it was the Nintendo Switch, right? Because that was the console that people were buying when they were stuck at home, and uh, Animal Crossing didn't, you know, help at help, all. help that at all. Um, but then now, you know, people are doing more of the PlayStation and the Xbox stuff, or they're finding that, you know, they they're stuck at home still, or they're not able to go out as much, um, or people who would normally play by themselves now have their sibling at home and they need another controller. Well, now they don't have extra controllers. Even third party controllers are still hard to come by. Um, I've seen a few, um, but that's the thing. There's some people that just don't like buying third party controllers. I personally am one of those. Um, I think the only third party controller that I, I will purchase right now. Um, are the, no, not even the eight bit dough controllers. Um, I bought the SN30 Plus Pro, which um, it looks like the Super Nintendo controller, but it's got joysticks and it got it has like handles, so it 
yeah. actually much more ergonomic. Um, and it's actually my favorite controller to use is the, I have two pro controllers for the Nintendo switch and I always use my eight bit controller. The only thing I can't do is turn the, this console on wirelessly and it doesn't have NFC, but that's not that big of a deal. Um, and then I also bought a wireless one that literally just looks like the super Nintendo controller so that I can just play, uh, you know, like the old school games on my, um, switch like through the NES and SNES. Um, but other than that, I, I would rather buy a first party controller. Um, I'll pay a little bit more for it, but you know, I like having that. I I know that I'm going to get a controller that works the way it should work on the console that it was designed for. Um, so maybe this is a good, good time for third party controller manufacturers, but moving forward, if Sony is cutting or, or, or lowering their production of consoles, right? Then I think that we're going to see a, a tough time getting them in uh, around Christmas time. Um, I've noticed this as well with just pre-orders, um, place where i'm working we are accepting pre-orders in a sense um essentially what we're doing is we're taking people's names down and then if you know once we get a price and release date we're going to call people and be like okay hey you know we've we have a price we have a release date we are going down like you know from top to the bottom of the list first come first serve if you want your pre-order to come in or if you want to continue pre-ordering this game or the system sorry you need to come in and put some money down on it um, yeah, and I was looking at the numbers of the pre-orders between the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five, and the last time I checked, the people, the number of people that we have um, either pre-ordered or like down on the list for the P- PS Five was about twenty-five thirty, as opposed to about um, ten or ten or twelve for the Series X, and one of those is me. Um, so there is definitely a, a demand or an interest in the PS5 over the Xbox. But I think the the reasoning for that is that the people who have the PlayStation generally are more diehard PlayStation fans. Now, you grew up, I, well, not necessarily grew up, but uh, like in, back in our college days, we played a lot of Xbox, right? Um, that was that was the thing. I I knew a few people with the PS3, but it wasn't the diehard like okay, we're gonna game online and play. No, it was always Xbox. Get on Xbox Live, play Call of Duty, play whatever it may be online. Um, but in the last few years, Sony has really really um, pushed the console exclusives for them. Right, single player, great single player. Um, games, stories, stuff like that. Um, and those have been selling the PlayStation. That's why you get a PlayStation for those games. So they've got these people and like they have, you know, the Call of Duties and all that stuff, right? The, the, the other games that people play online. Um, but Microsoft just hasn't quite been there in the exclusive sense, right? Like I remember they, they were advertising um, and pushing Crackdown 3 like crazy, right? And it came out and then you didn't really hear much of it like a week after it came out. So I don't know. I think there's going to be a huge demand for the PS five, but I think there's, they're not going to be able to keep up with the demand. There's not going to be the supply there. 
I would be surprised if most stores get more than like 10, 15 consoles. Yeah. Right. Like of, of the new ones. Right. So I think there's going to be a, a huge supply, a huge surplus of um, Xbox one S's. Um, and maybe if we're lucky, there's going to be enough PS fours, but I think there's going to be a lot of people that are wanting to get the PS five. I know some people that um, I've talked to that they don't even have a PS four um, or an Xbox one. And they're like, should I buy a PS4 now or should I just save up for the next system? I was like, you know what? Honestly, you know, if you're going to save up for another system, I would save up for the Xbox because that way, like if you're going to get at launch, because then you have this entire massive library behind you that you can play, right? Whereas the PS5, there's no guarantee. We have no idea what games are going to be able to play at launch. But I know a lot of people, I, I know, sorry, not a lot of people, but I know of people who are saving up to get a PS5 at launch and hopefully, or PS or Xbox, sorry, at launch. Sorry, that was my ice maker in the background. I don't know if you heard that. Um, no, it's okay. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people that are saving up for the new system, but I think a lot of them are not going to get the system at Christmas. Remember um, when the Wii came out? Yes. You know, like that that system sold out within like 24 hours and I was unlucky enough to get a console that didn't work and I had to wait 2 weeks for Best Buy to get one in because they they just couldn't get them from Nintendo. So I have a feeling that it could be like that this year. Not so much because uh, Sony and Microsoft aren't making enough consoles, but I think with the global situation, right? Warehouses aren't running at full speed. Logistics just aren't, you know, where they were, you know, last year when everything was running more or less smoothly, right? I think it's going to mm-hmm. be more difficult to get systems to the countries, to retailers and stuff like that. It'll be interesting this year for sure. But like you said, I, I, I agree. I think that uh, the PS4 will probably be the uh, top seller this holiday season. Yeah, and I mean, I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to see the next generation kick off, but I don't think we're really going to see anything impactful till 2021 solely because Microsoft's taking it one way and Sony's just, I think, cool with chilling right now. Like, obviously, they want to sell. I just don't think this is the time that they're going to succeed. No, for sure. Do you know who is? Wow, that was a loud clap. I'm sorry, into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know what company continually rakes in the cash, though? Activision. Warzone updated today. Season 5 is here. And boy, oh boy, is it a banger. How big of an update is it? 86 gigs? Yeah, it, it was fairly large. I know I turned it on this morning before I left for work. And Chris said it took my Xbox about an hour and a half before it turned off. That's a big ass update. Why don't you have your Xbox set up to update in standby mode? Oh, because I I wanted to make sure I could play it when I got home tonight, and then I kind of forgot we were recording a podcast. Okay. Oops. <laughs> yeah, so we only do this every week. <laughs> same day too. <laughs> same day and almost time. Um, the thing that I will say that I'm very intrigued by is they've blown the roof off the stadium. I don't know if you saw the trailer. 
Uh, I people were clowning, it, yeah. yeah, people were clowning on it pretty hard because they're like, all I had to do was throw C4 on the roof of the stadium and this could have all been solved. Um, the stadium looks wild. I've seen gameplay all day today and it's just like drops look insane. People are dropping, like almost the entire plane is dropping onto the stadium at the same time. So if you're a patient player and you want to approach, especially if the stadium's outside the circle, hilarious. They've also brought key cards back, which can open up the bunkers again. There are some secret rooms inside the stadium that have codes for the bunkers, which is cool. They've done some cosmetic changes to some parts of the map. There is a freight train that goes across the map, and they've opened up the train station as well. Season 5 is going to be a banger. There is a loot train, which is a freight train that goes across the map, around the map. You can literally stand on it the entire time if, you want, or if you're willing to fight through it. I'd keep an eye on uh, high points and uh, snipers aiming at this freight train because there will be people who are trying to take it out or take people out on top of it. There are loot crates on it. There are ammo ammo caches. Um, the one thing I also like now is they put zip lines on the outside of buildings so you can actually like approach like if, to get rid of just campers sitting on the top of buildings. Now you have the ability to zip line up it. You are vulnerable going up if somebody sees you, but you can also sneak up on somebody who's maybe not fully aware, which is really nice. They've increased the amount of um, high tier or orange loot crates, which is very nice as well. All in all, the game looks like it's going to be quite interesting here. They've added also a, a mini Royale mode, which is going to be uh, 78 people, so it's all trios, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it starts you at the fourth circle, which is really cool. I don't know. I, I know you don't play it nearly as often as I do. But my goodness, it looks good. It, it looks it, like, like they've revamped it. I think I would be willing to play more regularly with the new update. You know, kind of get in with everyone else. Uh, but you know what? You never tell me when you're playing. You never invite me. Every night. Well, you still Literally don't every night. You don't tell me. Well, I just assumed you had plans all the time. No, I literally sit on my couch staring at my TV with it off because I don't know what to do. No, I'm just joking. I don't do anything with my life. Yeah, you're still you're still brushing up on your your Michael Caine-ness. Uh did you know that he's in the new tenant movie? Yeah, we talked about that, and that's what got. <laughs> oh, boy. I can't wait to see Michael Keaton in the new Tenant movie. Um, I hate you so much. Speaking of movies, Disney did a bad thing. I don't think they did a bad thing. I think, I think that Disney is charting into a territory that they weren't prepared to go into, and they're using Mulan as a test. Uh, do you want to do you right. want to fill everybody in? All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So, for everyone who subscribes to Disney Plus, it is a great value, I would say. You know, if you buy the yearly subscription in Canada, it's 90 bucks for the year. You get uh all your classic old Disney TV shows. You get some great old Disney movies, new Disney movies, all the Marvel stuff, Spider-Man. There's a lot of stuff on there. 
So Mulan, the very highly controversial new live action movie from Disney, which was supposed to release in theaters. What was it like this month or something like that in July? Yeah, this, this is where I think they fucked up, but continue. So it's supposed to release in July 21st or August 21st. That's what it was. August 21st uh, in theaters worldwide. But due to our good old party pooper pal, coronavirus uh it is not being released in theaters disney has decided to add a i guess it's like a video on demand service type thing right um but mulan will be an option on disney plus for an additional charge of what is it 30 bucks 30 bucks 29.99 before you scoff at the price it would cost you what I mean, theater prices are a little lower right now, but to take your like to take yourself and one child, that's like twenty four dollars already. And once you own it on the video on demand, you get to keep it. I mean, the the caveat to this is if you unsubscribe to Disney Plus, you no longer own the film, so you are renting it, but for the entirety of. Unless, unless I misunderstood that, you get the movie. You like unlock, you get access to you unlock yeah. access to it. But here's the thing: is is that a, an acceptable option to have a paid subscription, where then you have to pay more for added content? Has hold on, has absolutely Disney, has Disney just added DLC <laughs> to their? Disney Plus streaming service is, is Disney EA. Is Disney <laughs> you know those like, EA? You, you know how oh like when you look at YouTube videos and it gives you like the weird writing and it's like is Disney EA? Yeah, Shit. but okay, here's so where I'm. Here's the, the opposite. Thing, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really interested in your opinion. This is why I'm not going to let you talk. Um, no, I'm just joking. Tell me your side of this because um, I've heard some of the angry side. There, there is a ton of uproar, and I believe that it is justified based on you're paying for a subscription service. And you knew one of the big companies was going to drop a video-on-demand service to begin with. And Warner Brothers has been very successful with it, and DreamWorks especially when it's come to, um, like, what was it, Trolls? And they're putting all their content on Amazon. And Mulan's going to – this is where people are not understanding what's happening – Mulan is not going to just be a Disney Plus exclusive video on demand. Mulan's also going to be available on Amazon. People, open your goddamn eyes. It's going to be available on Apple. You're going to be able to purchase it. Where I think Disney fucked up, I realized I think I'm the only one who swore in this episode. No, I said some bad words. Okay. Where Disney made their misstep is they picked a movie people aren't interested in. There is, for lack of a better word, a disinterest in this Mulan because there is no talking dragon or musicals or musical numbers. Well, and there was this whole problem with China and stuff like that. Yes, but the two biggest factors for the nostalgic Disney fan is there's no talking dragon, no musical numbers. How am I supposed to know that they'll make a man out of her? Huh? I understand that the song might be considered a little bit problematic in a live action film. Dude, it's 2020, okay? However, 
that song is one of the biggest parts of Mulan. And that's been erased. And Mushu the Dragon. Where I think this is smart by Disney. I'm going to go full circle. And this is why I think people are outraged. Do you remember when Onward came out? It was in theaters for like maybe three weeks. And then they were like, you know what? Because of COVID, we're just going to throw it onto Disney+. Plus." Right. So people now have this expectation that Mulan, like Mulan, or I think it's called, some call him Ivan or call me Ivan. These movies should just be free to them because that's the expectation, that's the expectation that they've come to because the perception that uh, Disney created that like all their movies are just going to go straight to on demand. The problem here is, and like, I don't even say it's like the Karens of the world or anything because people don't realize that onward was already out for three weeks. Like I remember Chris and I talking about going to see it in theaters. Yeah. But well, it also came out after- right when everything was going to hell. Yeah. Like it came out just before everything kind of like, hit the fan twice. The thing with Mulan is Disney can't afford. I mean, they probably can, but these companies have to pay the actors to be in these films and to have the movie be at $30 and you get to keep it. Like, yes. Okay. I understand that there's a slight difference between you buying it on Apple and getting to keep it versus you buying it on Disney plus and getting to keep it. Because Disney Plus is still a streaming service. I don't know how it's going to shake out for you buying the content to own it forever. But I think Disney Plus users should feel very lucky and fortunate. They got, uh, what was the last Star Wars? Was it the last um, the last Skywalker or the last Jedi or whatever the hell it was called? Rise of Skywalker. So that came to them well before it should have on demand. Because, and you can watch it a hundred times if you wanted. Frozen 2 came to them well before it was expected for free after it made its money in the theaters. Mm-hmm. You have to, have to, have to let these actors make their money. You have to let the directors make money. You have to let the editors make money. You have to let the filmographers, or the, sorry, the cinematographers make money. The producers make money. The the grips, you have to let these people make money. If you are upset at the fact that it's going to cost you $30 to watch Mulan or $30 to watch, like I'm willing to bet, um, what is that Ryan Reynolds Disney movie coming out um, that he's in the video game? Oh, yeah, I don't remember though, but. Um, video game movie. It is called Free Guy. Guess who made that movie? Disney. Disney. I'm willing to bet you'll be paying for that. And you know what? If there's an option for me to watch it safely from my home in December versus me going to a movie theater, I'm not going to a movie theater this year. Fuck that. So I'm sorry. Like, I just, I like, sorry, I'm, I'm about to rant off twice, but I had a friend go to um, Bloodshot last night. He said they paid $3 per ticket at a landmark cinema. So it was him and his girlfriend. They paid $6 for tickets. They wouldn't buy food. I mean, that's up to them if they want to buy food or not. They spent $6 and they were the only two people in the movie theater. Theaters aren't going to survive. I get that. But if this is the way of the future, I'm for it. I would rather spend $30 
to have a rental of a movie or if it's Disney and they're going to let me keep it because I'm subscribed to their service, I'm for that 100%. I know people are against it, but I'm for it. So here's the thing, though. I think the $30 price point is too high. Um, The reason for that being is that you can buy a physical disc of a movie new release for 30 bucks and mm-hmm. and own it right um and and you're going to keep that for as long as that disc is in good condition as long as you have a player to play it right where when they start charging on a service that you subscribe to already when they're charging you on top of that to watch a movie and your argument for, you know, the, the people who make the movie need to get paid 100%. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I think though, if they were to have it at a $5 fee, even $10, I would be okay with paying the 10 bucks to unlock or watch that movie. Um, but 30 bucks now it, it might it's like what like 20 bucks in the United States but 30 bucks in Canada especially with you know what's been going on a lot of people don't have that disposable income where um you know 30 bucks for t- just to unlock a movie on a streaming service that's a lot of money if it was 5 or 10 bucks that's a little more you know easy to swallow for some people um and and that's the thing is i think by having such a high price point you're limiting the people who um, will be available to or able to get that. Now, here's my concern. So I share my Disney Plus uh, subscription with um, my two siblings and myself. And so if I'm like the account owner, right? So if someone who is not me on their profile wants to watch Mulan. How is that going to be charged? Is that going to be charged to my credit card that is on the account with no confirmation from me, the account owner or in order to unlock it, will they be given an option on their profile to enter a payment method and will it only unlock it for them? Or will it unlock it for everyone who has a profile? That is like my biggest biggest concern because the last thing I need is my you know two nieces, love them to death, but you know all I need is for them to want to watch Mulan, start playing it, and then there you go, I have a charge for thirty bucks on my credit card. Well, I guess your brother's going to have to pay you thirty dollars on. Well, that's the thing, right? But it's there's it's more than just I think it's more than just uh, and like I said, if it was ten bucks, five five ten bucks, I wouldn't wouldn't mind that, but come on. I'm the guy that, you know, I would, I won't rent a movie off Google play if it's, unless it's 99 cents. <laughs> right. And I got, so, free, I got free money on there. Here, here's the information that I can give you based off um, the insider article that I have here. So Disney, um, Disney has confirmed that if you purchase Mulan for 29.99, it is not a one-time rental. The other thing that I find very interesting is because it's going to be encrypted into the Disney Plus service, good luck finding a download on the internet that's not screen grabbed, which is interesting to me. Um, With that being said, again, 
I, I want to I want to pick your brain for the justification. You're willing to pay ten dollars, but not more. When other movies came out like Sonic the Hedgehog, Scoob, Trolls World Tour, were you willing to pay the nineteen ninety nine to rent it for forty eight hours? Uh, no, and I didn't. Let's say you had two children. Okay, so you and the girl friend, you're, you're you're married, which isn't a thing because you don't you won't get her a ring. You'll make her a ring, but you won't get yeah, her a ring. She doesn't want my three D printed ring. I even bought yellow resin. And I, mean, I have gold you, filament. I, I know you guys are very invested in this, but let's let's get past this. Okay. Because we, we know David wants to make a ring. Anyways, let's say you have two children and you want to keep them busy, right? Trolls made its money back. Like Trolls actually did very well on the online box office, which is why I think Disney's trying to jump into this game. I yeah. think $29.99 is more than acceptable for a family of four to pay for a movie experience that now you don't have to go to the movie theater. You can go buy a bag of popcorn and you can go buy some candy from the grocery store and save money. Movie theaters, as far as you know it, are done. They're done. It is like I and it sucks. I'm so sad that like I'm actually very glad that the last movie theater experience, well, I, I mean, I saw Spider-Man Far From Home, but I got to enjoy Endgame opening night with a bunch of like crazy fans. That's not going to happen anytime soon. Hell, the Ontario or the Canadian government just said like, get used to masks, people. You're probably going to wear them for the next two years. That's slightly terrifying to hear. But you know what? If it's going to keep people safe, great. I just can't see myself going to a movie theater, taking my mask off when I want to drink or to shovel some popcorn into my mouth. $29.99 to watch a movie? Like, okay, in a couple situation, that's rough. But you're also looking at, you pay $12 to $15 for a movie ticket anyway. So that's what we were going to spend to go see Mulan. Anyway. But see, the thing is, though, you're not spending that you're spending that money sure to go to the movie, but you're not just going to watch a movie. It's the experience, right? Like when you go to the movies, it's like a date night, right? Like, you know that you're going to spend money and you know that you're, you're going to buy the movie tickets. You're going to get the snacks. You might go out to dinner beforehand, right? Like it's more than just spending the 30 bucks on tickets to see a movie. You're, you're also not able to watch like now. Okay. You got like a 65 inch TV, I have a 55-inch TV. Like, we have decent-sized TVs at home, but it's more than just, like, it, it's a massive screen. It's a, a sound system that you would not be able to get in your house. They're the it, It's the whole experience. And You're I right. think I think paying for, paying, like, 30, 40 bucks for that for two people, for me and my girlfriend to go out, have a date night, go see a movie that we both wanted to see on the big screen TV or in the, on, the, on the big movie theater screen, you know, I, I'm okay with paying that. But when... I'm at my house and I have a slew of movies that I could watch and there's a new one. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing it. Um, but then having it behind a $30 paywall where it's like, Oh, that's, that's a lot to, that that's a hard pill to swallow, especially if you're just kind of moderately interested in it. You know, I was disappointed with, and both both Angela and I were really disappointed with The Lion King. Like, she was super excited for it. It looked amazing in all the trailers and stuff like that. But we watched the movie, and we were 
super disappointed with it. But you know what? That was something that was part of that's part of going to the movies, right? I would feel even worse if knowing that if I'm at home, I could watch one of hundreds of movies that are available to me. And I chose to buy access to a movie for $30 and have it suck. Right. Like at least in in the theater, at least in the theaters, you know, if, if you can walk out of the movie fairly early on and be like, you know what? No, the movie sucks. I want to exchange my ticket for something else. And, you know, a lot of movie theaters will do that if it's like within the first, first like 30 minutes of the movie with, with digital purchases, you know, unless you're really lucky, uh, once you start watching it, then, you know, too bad. So sad, no refunds. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I totally get your, your point of view. I still think that the price point is too high, you know, Disney Plus has reached their what was it their five year subscriber count in less than a year, right? Like their goal for five years, they reached it in less than a year. Which so, I mean, will come with a price increase in November, guaranteed, right? But here's the thing, though: it's like the, it's not like they don't have to worry about not having the potential viewers of that movie. So if they had, okay, say they had a million subscribers. Okay, maybe you can bank on 50% of those people um, paying for Mulan. Sure, that might justify the uh, $20 or $30 price point. But if you have 5 million subscribers, right, and we want to assume that 50% of those are going to or pay for Mulan that's two and a half million people that are paying for a movie you know at what at what point is it where Disney is just wanting more money and we all know that Disney just wants money right but just at what point does it become anti-consumer and more pro money whatever that's called I'm just having a hard time just like I understand your argument and I get it. And it's so weird for us to have the role reverse where I'm like very against something or very for something that you're against. Um, but again, like this movie was supposed to be initially released March 27th. And the way their contracts probably played out for a lot of these actors, I mean, the crews have been paid pretty simply. The crews have been paid, but you've delayed a movie multiple times since March. There's got to be a point in time where like you have to empathize with the people who are making these products as well. Piracy is getting harder and harder to do. And I'm not advocating for piracy right now, but because everything is available on streaming services. Now the piracy rates for films have gone down considerably. I was talking to somebody who works for the company I work with and they're in a division for fraud and piracy. And the amount of emails, just sheer, like, you know, the, that automatic email you get every once in a while when you download a movie. No, because I don't download yeah. movies. But when you've downloaded no way that I'm going to get caught. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, though. The cease and desist letters, you know, everyone's got yeah. some at some point. But the like the amount they're sending out is now lower. Yeah, people are a little bit smarter now using VPNs and stuff. But. 
there's just such a low need for it right now uh, anyways because there's so much available to you like the movies i'm downloading now are movies i can't find like hmv doesn't exist anymore i don't have a sunrise near me um walmart you might get lucky every now and then finding a movie that you're really looking for but there are some movies out there that i really want to get a copy of and i have to find it that way because it's not available on a streaming service and in some cases you just can't justify the seven dollars to to download it or pay for it on itunes i'm not advocating for it a lot but i mean i haven't also downloaded a movie in i would say the better part of six months we haven't downloaded any movies hold up for that matter hold up you just said that you couldn't justify paying like seven or eight dollars to download a movie that you were looking for and having a really hard time finding you 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 didn't let me finish you just said you couldn't wouldn't justify paying seven or eight dollars for that but it's totally justifiable to pay 30 bucks for a a new movie on a streaming service that you subscribe to i'm not i'm not done with my point but yes and no (laughs) Uh, you you might be right with the price point being high at 30 but I'm wondering if it was low at 20 and they didn't just shoot for the middle. If it was $24.99, I don't think anybody would have bat an eye. Most of the movies that have come out that have done really well lately have been either 20 or $24.99 and people haven't bitched. The reason being is a lot of families are buying these movies to consume as a rental. Like I know Jumanji as an example, the next uh, Jumanji, the next level. Um, we were going to rent it cause we had a free movie. Like we had a, not a free movie rental, but I had a movie rental credit because I overpaid for something on my bill. So I had the ability, like I had literally a movie rental and we looked at, I want to say it was Jumanji. No, it was, it would have been something that was 20 bucks. I was trolls world tour and we hemmed and hot about it, hemmed and hot about it. And then we ultimately did it. Because we're like, you know what? We're big fans of Justin Timberlake and um, Anna Kendrick. And we understand like that this money, even though it's only 20 bucks, will go like because people had to pay for this license and these actors need to be paid. Maybe they don't need to be paid millions of dollars to make these films, but eventually we're going to we're going to hit a dry spell where movies and quality of movies aren't going to be that great because there's no money to make these movies, these high budget films. Like Mulan had a $200 million budget. It has been sitting on a shelf for now six months from when its original release date was supposed to be. Granted, you're right. Maybe maybe there should be tiered purchasing. Maybe if you want to just rent it and watch it once, maybe it should be 10 bucks. If you're buying for a family, like you're going to have to bank on some people's honesty here. But family of four, maybe it's 30 bucks. A couple? Maybe it's 20 bucks. I know you can't justify that or try and figure that out, but maybe there's got to be like a common ground. Like the 30 is high. 20 is low, but 20, I think is the bare minimum. If you were to say, I, I don't know. I would say movie $10 a ticket. I'd say 14 15 bucks would be a sweet spot because that is less than buying a movie physically. Right. Um, and that is, more than an individual ticket 
but you're owning this movie. You're getting it in 4K, digital HD, whatever. Yeah, but it's not not a real 4K. Uh, But here's the thing, though. Like when you go to the movie theaters and you spend you, you buy a movie ticket for $10, right? That's not what movie all. are you seeing for ten dollars? I'm just I'm just using the ten dollar price point as a as a an example. Now be more realistic. No, no. Like just, if you want to argue, it's it. just hold on. It's just for math math purposes, okay? Okay. So you spend ten dollars for a movie ticket. The theater is going to get six dollars of that, and the movie is going to get or the the movie company or sorry the movie company is going to get six dollars of that, and then the theater is going to get um, four dollars. No. Yes. Yeah. Four bucks. Right. And so, you said ten was an easy number. <laughs> I know. I was. It's because I switched the 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 division halfway through. Anyways, so the thing is, is your your ticket price isn't going all to the movie studio unless you're Disney and you release Star Wars, where you're like, oh, okay, we demand ninety five percent of ticket sales for this. So when it's released on a streaming service that is owned by the company that is releasing the movie setting a $30 price point. All of that money is going to that company. There's no middleman that they have to pay out. Like there's no theater that, that they have to split the cost of admission with. Right. So they could very well put the price at, you know, $15 and they're making that whole $15 on that movie. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong in that regard. And I I'm agreeing like I think $20 is the sweet spot for all these movies that are going on demand, but there's a difference to me between like full out rental and purchase. And that's why I think they're justifying it at the $30 price point. I mean, I don't, I don't have to agree with the $30 price point, but I also understand that like with films that we've talked about, like Sonic bloodshot, um, what other movies have come right to on demand scoop, um, like well, companies Sonic were very smart. Sonic was in theaters, but then they brought it out on demand to like, try fairly, and like fairly quickly. Yeah. Yeah. To target families because families like very, very smart. And eventually you're going to be like, well, I'm not spending $20 a time for 48 hours worth of content. So maybe $20 for a rental, $30 for a purchase or 15 for a rental, 25 for a purchase. But see here, if you're, if you're exceeding the price of a, a Blu-ray, then it's probably too, too much. Here's the thing though, is that you're not purchasing the movie to own, right? Like not to get into the whole like logistics of digital purchases, but essentially when you buy, say on, on Xbox, right? If you buy a movie through the Xbox store, or even uh, through the PlayStation Store, if you buy a movie on there, you don't need to subscribe to Xbox Live or PlayStation Plus or anything like that um, to continue watching that movie. Right? You don't have to pay an extra fee. Whereas with with Mulan, right, it is already locked behind a, a paywall, a subscription for uh, like either the month or the year. Right? So you're already paying that money, but then on top of that, you're paying an additional fee to unlock this specific movie, which then you will not have access to if you are no longer subscribed to the service. And I think that is the main problem. If there is a way for you to have access to the movie, like if you could, if they had like a free account, right. Or if you're not subscribed, you can still log in and access the movies that you purchased. If they're going to continue doing this, then you know what? Like I would be more okay with, 
you know, paying for sp- specific movies to quote unquote unlock. Right. But if it is solely going to be locked behind a paywall to just access the service, then the price point needs to be significantly lower to make it worth my while. Yeah. And I think Disney has possibly lost sight of like the fact, like you've said it and like even some of the comments said it, even like, like I live with just my partner. That's all. That's just the two of us. And that's great, but we don't have any children. So $30 is a little bit higher but we we could also sit there and be like, well, we would justify this by going out to the movies. This time we get to watch it more than once if we really like it. But going with that logic, if you went to a movie like, let's say, Logan Lucky, we spent $15 per ticket to go to that movie and you'll never watch it again. So no, that's $30 I- that we spent on movie tickets and the experience of going to the movie ticket, the movie with a friend and stuff. But you would never watch that movie again. So there are some benefits and non-benefits. The biggest thing I I think I would advocate for is they are targeting families. They're not targeting couples. They're not talking targeting individuals. Can you imagine like if you live by yourself and you really wanted to watch Mulan, but you were like, oh, that's $30. So $30 for one person is $30. $30 for two people is $15. $30 for a household of five, which is three children and two adults, $30 is fucking peanuts. So that's that's where I think they've lost sight of this. I understand why they're doing it. And I totally agree with the video on demand system in order to continually keep the film industry thriving. I don't agree with the price points that they're using, but I definitely agree with the video on demand system. Yeah. I think like I I said, though, they, they need to, change their service to allow continued access to any movies or shows that require an additional payment. Yeah. Like you're, you're not wrong. As I said, I don't think anybody is really wrong or right in this situation, but even just kind of perusing through these articles, they're test running this before black widow even comes out as a film because they're like, okay, so do we do this with black widow? Like I don't, I find it interesting that Disney plus is not doing like a rental and it's you own it until you stop subscribing. Mm -hmm. And that, that to me is super fascinating because it's like, what if in November you're just like, no, I'm done with Disney plus. I don't use it very often. Like we talked about legitimately canceling Disney plus because we're like $90. Have we used it? $90 worth. Because like, yeah, we've had some date nights watching it and like we've watched a few of the new movies that come out and the new series, but I'd have to watch all the Avengers movies twice to justify the $90. Yeah, see, I split it with uh, my two siblings. So, you know, for for me, it's it's more it's it's not like a $90 investment, right? Um, Which is and and I get the, the use out of it, you know, especially with the, the girlfriend watches it quite a bit. My big thing that I'm really interested in after Mulan's released, I want to know the piracy rate for that movie. Oh, I, that's the one thing I want to monitor like a hawk. Right, because it'll be interesting. And, and I know 
it's uh, difficult to rip these movies off of streaming services, but it is possible. And there are people that do it and they get, you know, the full 4k stream. They, they get the 1080p streams from them. So like they're, you're not losing out on quality. You're not getting a screen record. Um, it is there. It is possible to get this stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see if this movie is going to be pirated more than um, something that is just, you know, already on Netflix or Disney plus that you don't need to um, purchase extra. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to know what you guys think too. I think it's very interesting because this is definitely going to be a topic that doesn't go away. Um, and we're, we're very interested to see kind of how it develops because more and more studios are doing this. It's just, it's different because Disney plus is already us a, a subscription service. Like I know like my sister, like for lack of a better word has told me she's going to not re up her portion of Disney plus this year. Cause she doesn't use it like at all. Yeah, and I, th- I, I think like, there's going to be like, a lot okay, of people. I think there's going to be a lot of people that aren't renewing their subscription. But like, I can tell you, we will for sure. But we're subscribed to like this is Canada, so we're subscribed to um, Netflix, Disney Plus. We subscribe to Crave in order to get HBO and HBO Max, and we have Amazon. That's all. F- like, aside from not having Hulu, we have everything. Like that's yeah. a lot of streaming services, right? And that's not even including like if you want to subscribe to like Crunchyroll to like actually get content that's not free and a bunch of other stuff. So there like there's just a bunch of stuff out there, but we ne- we can never turn around and be like there's nothing to watch. And when there's nothing to watch, you end up watching friends. That's <laughs> well, just I the know. way it goes. So absolutely. If you guys have an opinion, we'd love to hear it. This is, I think, a rant and an argument that is going to go on for some time. So tell us what you think. Absolutely. We've uh, we've actually gone way longer. I think this might be our second longest podcast ever. I don't know. We're, we had a two-hour one for Microsoft last year. Yeah, we're, this, this last topic, you got really heated. I think you need to go I, get some food in your belly, calm down, play some Call of Duty Warzone. It's too some, it's too late for me to play Warzone now. I think I'm just gonna watch some TV. Put some Enya music on. Ooh. Enya. Nice. Save a whale. Ah, <laughs> save a whale or two. Well, I am gonna play one of my favorite songs in a few seconds. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh obviously, please let us know about this Disney Plus thing. But subscribe to us on Instagram, Facebook. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you can find a podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.